This week on Jesus Center Stage, we talk about all things kayak fishing with our guest Steve Owens, as well as integrity and the power of prayer. All right, uh, we're back. I believe this is episode 31. We're Yes, I looked at it this past week, and it was episode 30, and I was like, we've done that many? Yeah, kind of added up <laughs> real quickly. Uh, we do have a, a special guest with us uh, this week, and uh, before I formally introduce him, um, it, this, is, this is a man that, that I've known, I believe, since 2008. We started working together, and uh, uh, so we've, we're figuring, you know, if we... Eventually, over time, we might even start liking one another. Is is what we're shooting for. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we we do uh, have a good friendship and, uh, and a sarcastic one a lot of times. But uh, we're we're looking forward to to tonight or today uh, on the on the podcast. I say tonight because it's we're a little bit later than normal uh, than uh, at getting to recording, but. Uh, with with that being said, I won't waste any more time because I know we got a lot to discuss. But uh, joining us today uh, here on Jesus Center Stage is uh, Steve Owens. Um, you might hear me refer to him as Steve O, uh, just because that's what I've always known him as. But uh, Steve's got a lot going on um, from a fishing perspective. Um, he's you know he kind of he's one of those guys that's kind of seems like he's got his hands in a lot of uh, different things in the fishing industry. Uh, but he's also a believer. Uh, he's a husband. Um, he's a leader in his family, and uh, just somebody I got a lot of uh, respect for. And therefore, we wanted to bring him in uh, here today and talk a little bit about uh, not only fishing, but something we haven't discussed here before is is uh, kayak fishing and kayak fishing tournaments. Uh, so, uh, if you're involved in that or interested in that, you might. Uh, uh, want to just sit back and and listen to the podcast you you might uh, hear something that interests you there so with all that being said uh steve Ozy, are you still there yes sir i am i think i think i need to leave at this point you called me a special guest and it respected me so i'm i got i got everything i need out of this conversation that's awesome thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great being here it was just for the moment don't get used to it <laughs> yeah tomorrow, tomorrow awesome. yeah tomorrow you know i'm going to tell you that i i prayed all night uh, for for telling those lies like that but it's repentance yeah. <laughs> but uh no you've um You've uh, started the kayak fishing a, a while back, and I'm on. I'm on. You know, to kind of turn this over and let you give a little bit of history. But I can. I can think. I guess it was. Uh, I know we started working together. I believe in 2008, and it it was several years after that that I can remember you coming to me and and asking, uh, you know, advice. I guess about fishing or uh, fishing equipment and those kinds of things. Because I mm-hmm. was I was really fishing a lot back then. And um, and here we are all these years later, and uh, I'm I'm not too proud to admit that when I want to know something or have a question about something, I'm coming to you now. So uh, the the roles have definitely changed uh, over these years, but you've took on a big a big spot, um, or I should say, a big responsibility. It seems in in kayak fishing in the tournaments uh, as a tournament director and uh, and just uh, you know a contact for a lot of people. So. Um, 
Tell us a little bit about the the tournament. You're you're here this week. I I didn't even throw this out. I don't think, but uh, you're here this week with us because you've got a a big tournament um, coming up. I believe a national championship or something, a state championship uh, that I'm gonna ask you a little bit about. But yeah, just tell people what you got coming up and a little bit about the kayak world. Yeah, and and, and you mentioned how you know when I first got into this fishing. You know, I started talking to you because you and your dad fished a lot and knew a lot and everything were pretty successful. But uh, I, and I, you, I know you'll remember it, but I think it's cool to share that. You know, I always thought you were a believer for a whole lot of years, even before you were. And, and so I was kind of coming to you talking a little bit about God and things. And then you told me you had gotten saved recently. And I was like, what do you mean recently? So <laughs> here I was, a Christian since 98. And and you know you were very new to christianity and it was like or or i don't want to just say christianity faith in jesus and becoming a disciple a disciple of jesus and then in about a year and a half or so it was just like i was anything i needed to know i had to come and ask you because you just you you took to it like i wish i could have and still want to and 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 working on and you helped me a ton with that but but that was kind of it was kind of cool when you just said that because i hadn't thought about that uh, with you asking me about fishing stuff, even though you were more experienced fisherman, and here I am, a, a more experienced Christian in years, but I, I come and ask you, a newer Christian, for a lot. That's I think that's pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you and I started working oh seven or oh eight at NA Industries, and and I kind of just you know had a had a work life, you know, and and that was about it. You know, mm-hmm. I had my buddies, and we go to football games and whatnot. And I grew up fishing and and things with my dad, and my grandpa, and everything, and my aunts and uncles, but. Um, then when we, we left NA and, and, you know, I, I was, uh, selling, you know, Mac and Volvo trucks and, and, uh, one of my best friends, you know, was Ryan Lambert at, at the time we were, uh, we were just kind of just doing whatever, like I said, and, and he picked up a duck boat. And so we were fishing out of it and he said, man, have you seen these kayaks? And, and so he looked them up and I was like, man, I think that's pretty cool, you know, and he had a little kid and, you know, it'd be a way to get her out. And, and then, so, uh, he and I found a used one that he had backed out on in Asheville, North Carolina. So he called me and said, man, I think I'm going to buy a new one from a guy in Nashville. Um, this one's still available. It was a really good deal. So we loaded up. I took off work early, uh, went and bought a rack for my car, and we drove all the way to Asheville, North Carolina, and picked up a kayak and, and just uh, came back home and, and we're just piddling around with it and uh, started fishing this 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 lake up, uh, up towards Nashville and uh, – he, he called one day and said, man, I, I think I'm going to fish a tournament out of one of these. And, and he stopped by Walmart and literally bought one of those yum boxes that the starter kit <laughs> yeah. and partnered with it. It was a part, it was a team tournament, you know, it was him and another guy and, uh, won the dang tournament. First time he had no idea how to rig any of this stuff. He just looked at the picture and literally went with it. And, and so for about a year, I was like, man, that's, you're crazy. And I'm not going to go bass fishing all day long and get excited because you got two or three bites when I can go brim and crappie fishing and catch 50 fish, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I accidentally caught a bass one time and, and, and that was it. In that kayak, the way it fought and drugged me, I was just pumped. And, and so, you know, I slowly, you know, got into that with him here in Chattanooga and, and you know, a guy had started a club and, you know, no, just be honest, you know how it is when things need to be done. There's people who don't mind supporting you, but not a lot of people can get in and, and do it and lead it. And I had no idea other than being, you know, a union official and some stuff like that in the past, I had no leadership kind of stuff. And so I really just did it, um, 
because I was good with organization because fancy football. You, we, we, you and I played fancy football for 10 years together, you know, yeah. and, and I kept up with the keeper leagues. And, and so that helped taught me how to be organized, to be <laughs> honest with you. And, and so I, I was good at that. And, and so I, I found out, you know, how, how to talk to people. And, and from there, it just, it just took off in our, our club here in Chattanooga. Uh, we fished Lake Chickamauga and Gunnersville and Del Hollow uh, stuff like that. And, and it just grew and, and we just become, you know, uh, influencers got on with a, with a kayak company and did a tournament, you know, with Jordan Lee and some other pros and, and just, just got some, some recognition behind us because we put on fun tournaments. They're always done with integrity. Um, and, and from there it just spun over to doing, uh, the KBF tournaments, which is kayak bass fishing. Uh, I did the, the trails on Gunnersville and Chickamauga with them. And those were, anywhere from 80 to 170 people you know kayaks at a time and just uh just learned a lot there uh from chad hoover and some and joe hobenrick and some other people and um then from that it spun over to um me getting to uh, work with bassmaster to start the bassmaster kayak series and uh got to direct the the bassmaster classic event on logan martin out of birmingham and uh you know, help that series for a year. And, and, and then I had to step away, just got, just gotten too busy. Cause I'd started working uh, a little side gig with a dugout bait and tackle in Marietta, Georgia. And it's a big Hobie dealer, high end tackle shop. And just, uh, it's just, it's just flourished from there. So now we, we run Tennessee, me and my buddy, Daniel Davis, we run Tennessee bass nation and Georgia bass nation on the kayak side. And, from there, you know, you, you fish the, the trail events around the state and then you qualify for a state championship. And then from that state championship, you get to fish the Bassmaster Classic event every year. And uh, it's held on a separate lake than the Classic, obviously, uh, but it's held in conjunction with. So you get to fish the tournament. And on Friday, the opening day of the Bassmaster Classic, you get to uh, go uh, go on stage, you know, just like the Bass Boat World has always done. So we've, we've made it there. Uh, there's another series, Hobie Bass Open Series, that's really, really huge and, and arguably the crown jewel of kayak fishing because um, out of the entire season, and they have the most attended kayak tournaments there are, uh, like the one on the Susquehanna in Pennsylvania this weekend is is at 140, and there's still two hours to register for that wow. one. Um, yeah, so it should hit 150. And uh, um, from there, the top 50 throughout the season make that championship, and that's the one I fished in Lake Wachita when when we were talking. And uh, you know, that's you know, that's it in a nutshell there. But uh, that leads us to, you know, uh, reached out to you guys, you know, and when you started your podcast, which you know my wife and I listen to as much as you know we can, we just you know we get busy and forget, and but you know we'll try to go back and watch. We'll binge listen three or four at a time and things <laughs> like that, and just really really seriously and i've told you this i just really impressed with the flow and the banter y'all have especially you know, when zach comes on it's always good um and and i know you shared it but it, it's funny you know i i took i started there for a while i started to tune in to listen to to you and, and elsie disagree and then just see how overwhelmingly <laughs> right she is <laughs> and i mean it's just kind of like you're like well and i'm like well okay i'll be on hit nope cape nope right, no it's it she's right she's right it's, it's yeah, so funny you to be in my y'all, shoes y'all do, yeah i yeah, think we should have really him be our job. guest more often <laughs> yeah so so you know we, we you know and, and i'd love for you know anyway you know you know me i'm a networker and and i've had a lot of help in my life and i like helping people and you know just knew instantly 
um, you know better than I do because you've, you've hunted and fished a lot longer than I have, uh, you know, just because, you know, I just didn't for a very long time. And, you know, outdoor world is just just covered with, uh, you know, believers, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we just really appreciate God's creation, you know, when we're out there. There's just – and for a lot of people, you know, that's their go-to. That's how they – you know, relate with the Lord is to just go do the things they were raised to do or, or nature touches their heart. And, um, so, you know, obviously I wanted to, you know, see if we could partner some kind of way and y'all did on our local club. And, and, uh, well, I was mentioning us doing the Tennessee and Georgia Bass Nation, um, next Saturday and Sunday is, um, the Tennessee Bass Nation state championship and it's on Lake Chickamauga. Uh, we got 115 registered for it. I mean, uh, qualified for it. And from there, I would say we'll have 75 to 90 fish it. Uh, you know, it's summertime, it's hot, um, vacations and things like that. So, you know, yeah. we lose people that way. And, and, and then some just aren't confident that they can come and fish a two-day tournament yet. I mean, it takes a while to learn that kind of strategy. You know that. It does. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I, so we're say, really excited about that. I'll say, too, uh, you know, one, one thing is me having, you know, fished out of a boat all you know almost all my life and especially when i was fishing tournaments and stuff i the the first time you invited me uh to fish a kayak tournament and you you let me borrow one of one that you had or a friend of yours had it and uh, and in my mind i'm thinking well i've been out you know in a boat all the all so many times i know all these different places and these guys in these kayaks you know they they can't hit as many places as as i can in a boat and the the thing I learned real quickly is, yeah, um, you have some excellent fishermen um, in these tournaments, and and fishermen who could compete compete in, you know, any of any tournament trail uh, with the bass boats and stuff. So, you know, it, it's not that uh, like this is a bush league kind of of thing with kayaks, but that this is something that you know people choose to do because. It's what excites them, uh, but the level of competition is is extremely high. And I look, um, you know, you guys keep a total of inches of fish instead of pounds, but when you look at the inches of fish and you see guys that are averaging, you know, 20 and, and even 21-inch fish, uh, and you look at the tournaments that, that are on the lake with the boats and stuff, those those fish would win a lot of tournaments. So... The, the competition level is really high um, in, in the kayak tournaments. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we actually kind of, because you, you know there's that, that scale that you can get like off a of TWRA that goes inches and then the inches on the, around the belly. Um, we, we actually kept up with that for quite a long time, and we still do some. Um, like uh, that Bassmaster Classic event, Mark Pendergraft won it in Texas. The uh, bass boats fished Ray Roberts, and the kayaks fished a lake called Possum Kingdom. Um, and, and this man literally had a pretty good stringer, was on his way back to the ramp, and was happy. You know, oh, God, had a pretty good day. He said he had about an hour and a half left. So he said, eh, I'm just going to go back. I want to make sure I'm not late for check-in. Because um, as you said, you know, we go by inches. So what you do is you catch your fish, and we have a few uh, measuring boards that are approved. Not every measuring board is legal. So the ones that we approve, you put your fish on that measuring board, close its mouth, and touch it all the way to the left on a bump board, and uh, then you measure it, 
and and you you know you you get your tail in the position and you take a photograph of it and you have a unique identifier for for each day and uh, that identifier code has to be in there and what that code does is let us know that because you only get that code the day of the tournament so you didn't catch this fish three weeks ago and photoshop a code in it so from there it's uploaded to a, 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 a management app we use called tourney x and someone judges that fish uh, and and puts your total out there for you. So so the man that did this uh, on, at the Possum Kingdom uh, on day one, you know, as I said, you know, he had a top five limit, you know, of about 94 inches, which is probably 21, 22 pounds of fish, you know, and that's yeah. Texas, so that's really good, but it ain't great, you know. Um, so a local guy that lives uh, in North Alabama here, Joe McElroy, uh, he was leading by a good bit. He he had some nice fish. So he, he had quit fishing his good fish because he needs to save them for day two. It's your best five fish each day. Well, Mark gets back towards the boat ramp, and he just throws. Now, now look, he is in 20 foot of water, and he throws a, uh, a like a 6XD or something like that, which is like an 18-foot diver or something. He throws it at the boat ramp. And just cranks it and wham, catches a, an upgradable fish. So he was like, okay. So he throws it again. And as he was bringing it down that boat ramp it would and, and pulled it to the right where it would drop off the concrete, uh-huh. he ended up culling up. And then on day two, he stayed at that boat ramp. The man did not leave the boat ramp and caught enough fish that would have equaled almost 37 pounds of bass. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. just and, – and, and I mean, so that just shows you how much, you know, good fortune, luck, or whatever happens in fishing. Um, so so what you mentioned, the skill level, um, now a lot of kayaks are motorized, so you can travel more distance, but you still can't do what a boat does. But but you mentioned, you know, the level of competition and the, the, the technique and the, the, the quality of an angler in a kayak in, in large aspects is – it just put simply, it's because when we fish an area, we know where every rock is, every stick, because we don't cover a lot of water. So we stay yeah. in an area that, that a boat sometimes will come in, scan it, beat the heck out of it real quick, and then they're gone. You know, we're looking for that reaction bite because you can cover enough water. So that's good for you guys to do that. But but for us, we just sit and, and soak a worm or, or just do something, you know, painstakingly slow, and then we caught literally every fish that's in that hole sometimes but uh, but you do you mentioned you know having the integrity of it uh, there's been instances of cheating you know there's been people tried to cut a tail off of a fish and cover the tail with their palm and, and use that other tail to extend that fish and oh it's pretty goodness. sad and yeah yeah it's uh yeah so see but here's the thing shane knows oh you know that 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 literally that that man got fined you know five ten grand um and, and he broke you know he was in a tournament so he stole money from people um he 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 he, he had jail time money and the whole nine yards i mean it, it just it, it ruined his life because he cheated i mean it just you know and and i i never really understood the ramifications of cheating like that because it is i mean anybody can be tempted with anything you know that in everyday life or even fishing but it, it seems to me that anytime you put people in some sort of competition it's very easy to lose your ethics. It just really is. I mean, I, I'll just, I'm not above it. I have had instances where I could have very easily done something, not necessarily to cheat, but to manipulate something to gain an advantage, which I guess is the definition of cheating, but it would not have been a rules infraction. Yeah. You know, 
but I was just like, man, that's not cool. Don't do that. You know, win it on your own. I mean, everybody's faced with it, but mm-hmm. uh, especially with competition, it just is. I don't know if it's arrogance or, or what, but it's uh, it's there. I think sometimes we get used to, in in small situations, maybe not as big as a competition or a tournament, but like in everyday life, we get used to fudging a little bit on on what we should have integrity with. And then if you do that often enough and it doesn't bother you, then when you do have a big situation like that, you're like, eh, it's not really going to matter. I can do it. I can get away with it. And then sometimes it just doesn't work. But I think it's important to look at your, like the everyday life. And because and, you don't just wake up one day and decide, well, I'm going to cover the fish tail and make the fish longer. Like it ha- I'm thinking it <laughs> happened, you know, it happened with a story you told and or there was a thought process yeah happened before right yeah. like it, it happened small and it happened with a thought process and in a, a maybe not an, an open conscious decision but like a subtle change to what i feel like my integrity level should be yeah i right i was looking uh, at proverbs in uh, in the 10th chapter of proverbs there um, it says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Um, and, you know, as you were saying, you know, this, this guy, uh, and, and it's, you know, it can happen in, in, in whether you're in a bass boat tournament or a kayak tournament or what, but, you know, when you're walking with integrity and, and you're doing what you what you feel is right and what the rules say is right and and just what's your your instinct as a human being uh when it comes to treating other people when you're doing that then you can walk in security and you know i think another word that we could use there for security would just be peaceful uh you can walk with peace in in your life because you you know when when you know you're guilty of something when you've told a little lie or or you've kind of stuck something you know back that you you're saving and don't want nobody else to see it you're always uh a little bit on edge worried if somebody's going to find that out but um, when you're walking upright with integrity then you're secure but i like the way that bible verse says but he who walks you know crooked will be found out and um, you know the, sometimes we'll get through this life without anybody finding it out but uh, we know that uh, ultimately we can't hide those things from the one that's you know going to judge us but uh yeah absolutely yeah in 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 the in the kayak uh tournaments you know uh we talked a little bit before we we went on uh to recording here tonight but uh you know you don't have to bring the fish back and as you said you got your you're got your identifier and you you got those things but we're where a lot of tournaments everybody leaves from one spot and then shows back up at one spot uh, that's not the case. So if you, you know, if you had it in your heart to cheat, and and there's nobody putting in, you know, their their kayak at the same place you're putting yours in, then then you can you can find ways to do that. But um, ultimately, those things they they seem to have a way of, of coming coming to light. Um, you know, and, and we've kind of talked about the kayak fishing. We talked about um, you know tournaments in general, but. Uh, kind of just transitioning over as Elsie kind of started talking there just about our everyday lives and stuff is is you know walking with integrity uh, you know when we look at at the life of Jesus and and 
there's no fault to be found in him and you know that's integrity when when nobody can see something in you nobody can point a finger at you and say something and you know we're all flawed human beings and and we're always going to have struggles and those kinds of things like that but when when you always have a conscious mind of of you know the integrity and keeping an upright standing and um you know the the image that you're casting as a believer uh in christ is uh, should be enough to convict you uh when you have those thoughts or or sometimes even if you slip up and and go a little bit too far with it and just need to turn around and confess um and you know we've all been there and, and had to do that so um i think integrity is is uh, a very you know a, a staple of, of being a christian and living a christian life yeah you're right and, and sadly for me um and, and a lot of times i because because you know we we do we work hard in what we do in our kayak community and and you know i'm a, a very respected person and it's because i do everything in our events whether i'm fishing them or running them or just helping them I do it with integrity and with that other person put forward first. And um, what I mean by sadly is, is I, I don't always do that in my my witness. I, and and I, every now and then the Lord kind of puts it on my heart. It's like you know, you know, you it's 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 almost as if you know your most important focus some days is that you don't slip up and do something to to be not to not to to where you're not trusted by your community you know what are you doing there you know when you're at work you know you got an ugly mouth or you you know are you are you witnessing when you should when you feel conviction because not every sin is an outward you know if you're led to do something by the lord and and you you ignore it in my heart i truly believe that that's a sin and and you got to repent it and then work on turning against it away from it and to do better that way so there's a lot of par- there's a lot of of comparisons and and bridges to be honest with you that God uses in my life. You know, I I'll buddy fish with with just friends and and we'll be you know we'll just be you know paddled up or wherever just fishing the same little hole, just talking about whatever. And and I feel that truly I got into this to spread the word. And and it, it, it took me a little while to see it, but then you know I had a few other people. Um, that I ran across paths with, you know, Matt Ball, you know, he's from Virginia and Ohio. I mean, West Virginia lives in Ohio now. And, um, Cody Prather is my brother in the Lord from Texas. And, and we just, uh, we just clicked. And, and I just, you know, and here they are calling me about things and I'm like, you, you guys are it. And, and they were like, well, buddy, you know, we're all here together. You know, you need to understand who you are. And, and so it did, it, it woke me up. It made me ashamed because I wasn't doing it, but it, but quickly that was dismissed, you know, cause that's not of, of the Lord and, and the Holy spirit empowered me and was like, you know, like I just shared with you recently, you know, my Andrew Murray book, you know, we're called to, to share the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, obviously we, we talk about God the Father and, and Jesus and everything he did for us, but but as that book, you know, tells you um, that, you know, when, when Jesus left, his ministry was done because, you know, he, he's he's in heaven with the Father, and, and the Holy Spirit was given immediately to it, you know. So, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, when, when, you've, you've, when you come to the point of salvation, that's from now on. 
now on it's the holy spirit that's what's driving this bus you're on you know and and it's your job to to share that with people and i think uh, a lot of the perception of christianity in the world it's been polluted and diluted and perverted we know that but i think as believers and and you guys do a really good job of that. I, I mean, because I, I, I'm I'm all over the place. I, I, I'm Lutheran, been Baptist, Pentecostal. I, I mean, it's for most part I'm I lean Pentecostal, but I have other beliefs too that that don't align with some of that. And, and so, in the end, preach the Holy Spirit. It, you know, it's what Jesus Christ did for us. And and now that that's happened, and you're you're at that point in your life, you need to understand that this little tingling you get or this little voice or whatever it is, you know, you need to read the word, understand how you're supposed to act as character outwardly and, and let that Holy spirit inwardly. And then once that happens, you need to be going to people when they're down and saying, Hey, look, that's of the devil. Don't, don't beat yourself down. You know, you just checked a box. You did something wrong. Now let's go to the next page and see how we fix that. And and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we have to empower one another because there is so much negative drain. And, and, and a lot of believers are very bad about condemning one another and everyone else, which runs people away from, you know, the true gospel. And and that's something that I take very seriously, and I know Shane knows that, but, you know, I, I mean, in my opinion, I've got no right telling a, a person that doesn't believe in the Lord, you know, obvious things you do say, this is wrong, don't do it, but, but that's not my job. My job is to make certain that you and I are doing what we're supposed to do, you know. Um, that That's what I feel a, a believer does. You know, you're here to witness, lead someone else to the Lord, However, and every person's different, you know, some people need it this way, some people need it that way, and that's where daily devotion, staying in the Word, keeps you in tune with the Spirit. Elsie talked about when when people do things bad, it's not oftentimes like, hey, I'm just going to do this. It took a little bit of time to get there. Well, I do the same in my life when I've got that cloud over my head. I just, I'm driving down the road and I hit a green light. I thank the Lord for a green light. You know, I'm driving down the road and I, and I make it somewhere in a good amount of time. Then, you know, I thank the Lord for that. It's thanking him for the little things will change your perspective, you know? And, uh, we, we, we have to do that for one another. And, uh, and, and, and if you, and if a brother or sister is hurting their witness, then that needs to be priority number one is to call that into account so that you can pray about it and get that fixed because that's the most devastating thing you can do is to hurt your witness because there's no telling how many people saw it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they relate that with, with Christ from then on. I think that exactly. the the idea of integrity with the with your witness, um, there was some of the things that you just spoke about made me think of this is I think maintaining integrity and just getting up and, and making that decision that today I'm going to make sure that I'm a witness for Christ and and making sure, you know, we're, we're not perfect and we're never going to be absolute perfect and get it right 100 percent of the time. But I think we owe it to him who has called us out of darkness to make that choice every morning. I'm going to stay prayed up. I'm going to stay read up so that in any situation that I encounter today, that I can show Christ through my integrity, through my consistency. Um, I just, just this week, a lot has been on my mind about just how many people that you don't even know are watching or listening that you have absolutely no clue about 
but your consistency, your faithfulness to God or lack thereof matters to them because they're watching. You may not, you may never even hear about it. You may never even know about it, but there's always someone who's, who's watching your walk with God and they're, they may not have a close walk with God. They may not have a relationship with him at all, but they may be watching who he is through your life and what you choose to do and what you choose in, in everyday life situations. And I think that just, just that, that thing of having integrity to me is more than just being honest in, in, in big situations, but it's that, is that everyday life of just, I'm going to be like Christ I'm going to remain, integrity is being faithful, it's being honest, it's being consistent without excuse. Um, any Anytime we add an excuse to the equation, then we have zero integrity. It's just out the window. Um, right. But I just think getting up and making that decision that I'm going to reflect Christ today because this may be the only time they see him for who he truly is. We did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about people being hurt by people who claim to be Christians um, and, the, and the church hurt that happens. And I think we owe it to, like I said earlier, we owe it to the one who called us out of darkness to correctly represent him. And I think a lot of that can be done. Just it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be on the stage. It doesn't have to be in a, in a specific position. But a lot of that can be done by just consistently representing him for who he really is and being full of integrity in every in every situation yeah yeah i'll give uh, a a little short story here last it was last sunday uh, we was coming back we had went a, went a good distance off to visit a church sunday night and was coming back and we stopped at a restaurant and had a a horrible experience it was it was i mean one that would just drive you crazy and and to be honest, the you know sometimes things happen at a restaurant or something, and, and the waitress gets blamed, and it's not really her fault. But this one kind of was, and we could see it, you know, unfolding. And she knew it, we knew it, and after we left, uh, I, I told Elsie, I said, you know, I looked at that, and, and we was dressed in our church clothes, so I, you know, she probably knew we had just left church, and she knew that what had happened we should be very upset about and most people would have spoken you know pretty meanly or, or harshly toward her uh, you know or, or withheld you know a tip or they would have done a lot of things and, and i told elsie then I, I said you know part of me kind of looks forward to those situations even though i was not happy but i thought this woman right now is is she's probably just sitting there waiting for for one of the two of us to unload on her and tell her how bad of a job she's doing and how mad we are but instead we just took it as an opportunity to you know we didn't we didn't say that we was happy with the service but we didn't we didn't say anything mean to her either and i i you know i smiled and told her thank you uh before we left and those kinds of things but um, it's in those situations, I think, that we're tested the most of of our witness, and and are we going to be the same in a, in a good situation as we are in a bad situation? Yeah, we're supposed to represent his character in everything that we do. Yeah, yeah. 
and, uh, and it is hard and and that that's a great 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 witness you know to that lady you know yeah yeah it is and we, we you know sometimes you have to be to be looking for those those situations um but we got about put away uh, the flesh that's right yeah every every day uh we got about uh five minutes uh before we need to to get out of here um i wanted to ask you a little bit just uh one thing i you know i, I said some nice things about you at the front end of this podcast he's regretting them now i'm, I'm regretting oh here we go here we go <laughs> They no. told me at lunch today I cut you once, and they told me I'd pay for yeah, it. Yeah, so you, you didn't know it was going to get recorded, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, now, w- one thing that that I've, I have admired, as you said, you've been a believer a lot longer than I have. Um, but one thing that, that you have that I've never gotten to, I guess you could say, being comfortable with is um, is is in general just prayer um i've seen you you know just turn in 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 the middle of a group of people uh and pray for someone or or call someone you know over to pray for them and and i'm talking about at work um i know oftentimes you've you've been just be talking about something going on at your house or something and, and you'll just casually say well we got done praying and we and done you know those things and and like I said, sometimes in the, especially in the work situations, um, you know, I'll pray with anybody, but sometimes I do kind of look to, to do it more, you know, get away, get in private or whatever. And I just, you know, some people and you being one of them are, well, if we're, if you want me to pray, let's just go right now and pray. Um, so, you know, like I said, we ain't got a long time left, but just, you know, what does, what does prayer mean to you? Um, I guess that's the question I got because, obviously, to me, you you have a you have a desire to pray that tells me that it's you you put a lot of emphasis on it. So, uh, as we get ready to close out today, uh, maybe just just share, uh, you know, your your thoughts on on what prayer is and what it what it is to you and why why you put so much emphasis on it. Yeah, just real quick, just a, a brief description like um, my walk. But before I, I was saved, I, I, I read a lot of theological books, read some of the Bible, uh, Revelation. It scared me, so I realized we got to prepare for this war that's coming. So I'm, I was a political-minded person, so I'm trying to figure out what we got to do, what, how we're going to get water clean when all this happens, and, <laughs> and then the Lord moved me quickly away from that. And, and uh, so, But in doing all of that, I had picked up a book right after I had gotten saved, and it was The Healing Power of Prayer. And and I had a small kid at the time and family members, and, and you know, I was like, I started, then it was one of the first books that I read, and it was about, you know, like I said, The Healing Power of Prayer. And it's, it's, it's us praying because he's leading us to it. It's his power that does the work. And, and that book just, you know, with things that were going on, and, and then so I had a, a, a very, very, you know, three or four year, really, really tough battle with anxiety and depression. And, and so I, I sought counseling for it and got, you know, professional help. And, and while I was doing that, my counselor was actually a believer and she led me to have for ministries here in town in Chattanooga and brother Bob, you know, he, he, Bob Sanders, he's passed on now. 
I mean, he, I mean, you talked about, I mean, he's the definition of Pentecostal and, 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 and I didn't know at the time, but my, my lineage, all of my grandfathers and great grandfathers and uncles and everyone were deacons and, and pastors in, 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 you know, Pentecostal churches. And so brother Bob was big on prayer healing. And I've seen, I saw people delivered from all kinds of things that I thought were made up in movies. And, and that was, and I knew that was the Holy spirit. And from that, I just knew. And, and I was, I've never had self-confidence and have always been very bashful in public, but for whatever reason that just came out and that was just, he, he had prophecy and that was just my gift was, you know, he told me I would be up leading in front of people and he saw us at, in, in a, in a great river setting downtown. And, and, and then here I am standing up before 290 people at a Bassmaster Classic event, pray, leading in prayer before we have it, you know, and that, that Lord hit me with that right then. It was like, this is it. And so that's just, I've always understood. And as you know, I am a professional procrastinator. So if we don't <laughs> pray right then, I'll lose my courage and we won't. So uh, that's just, yeah. But th- that book that on title. the healing power of prayer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, that, that was it. It just that, that much. I saw myself be delivered through that depression and anxiety, uh, and, and just saw other people do it as well. And for whatever reason, that was the gift that, that stuck with me out of everything I've ever experienced. And, and, uh, it's just, I just know, you know, we have to do it because it, in my opinion, that is the sweetest, kindest, and most powerful thing you can do for another person because you are asking your God, the father, the controller of everything. Hey, just take a quick second out of what you're doing and help this person for me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's what it means to me. That's a very good definition. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And, and I guess what I heard from all of that was you do it because you have confidence in it because, you know, you've seen it work. And uh, right. when when you have when you got confidence that it, it does, you know, it does what it what it's supposed to do, then. But uh, that's something I'm working toward uh, is is being more free, you know, at at those kinds of things and with prayer and with and just going up and asking people, do they need prayer and those kind of things. So, um yeah, that that is encouraging. But before we go, I seen a long time ago, just a few minutes into this podcast, I seen Elsie write down a question over there, which probably every kayak fisherman in the history of kayaks has been asked. But I'm going to tell her to go ahead and ask it before we close. Okay, so I want to know when you started kayaking, like kayak fishing, did you ever and how many times did you turn over the kayak? Uh, literally, I have... This has been seven years now. I have never flipped my kayak fishing, uh, but I did one time lean over and reach for something. My seat wasn't fastened in, and I fell out of the kayak <laughs> one time. And it was uh, it was it was thirty six degrees outside, Ooh. and the water temperature was thirty four degrees. Ooh, that'll and teach I, you I not had, to fasten I, that seat. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was like, well, and, 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 but I, and I had just bought a brand new combo, uh, spit fishing combo rod and reel. And, and all I could think of was don't let that go. And I didn't. So luckily I was with somebody and, and their wife came, met us at the boat ramp with, with, with blankets and they got me home real quick. And yeah, 
So, yeah, one time. And that, and that was enough. <laughs> I've come close. I've come close So several times after that. But and they could, be, they could be more to come. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but so, before yeah, but thank uh, you guys for having me. Yes, sir. And and before we uh get out of here, uh how how can people find out more about your you know, the kayak fishing and, and even I know you're you're really uh connected um with uh, the the tackle shop down in Marietta. So uh throw out a couple plugs there. Uh anybody that's interested in, in learning about kayak fishing or, or needing some tackle. Yeah, I mean, and, and kayak fishing is, is by and large almost 100% social media driven. Our platform is Facebook in in, in every case. Uh, every kayak club in the country has a Facebook page. And ours in this area, if you can type in Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers or Kayak Chattanooga, because we got Chattanooga in our name, and it'll come up and you can just ask a question there, join that group. It's free. Uh, you can send me a message. Uh, and again, like you said, you know, I work out of Marietta, uh, in Marietta, Georgia at, at the dugout bait and tackle company. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's all kinds of bait and tackle shops here in Chattanooga, uh, and on Lake Chickamauga and, and you can walk in any bait and tackle shop and ask them about kayak stuff. And they're going to give you my name or someone else associated in our, within our group. And it's very easy to get into. A lot of people get into it because it just is, I mean, you can get, uh, a decent kayak that that you're going to be comfortable in which is the key thing buy one you're comfortable in for five or six hundred bucks and then you know a paddles are cheap uh used market is where a lot most everyone starts um and just you know demo call us you can we'll come with our kayaks you can get in them and piddle, piddle around and and find what's comfortable for you the the price points are all over the place there's a there's a budget you know for everyone um and and you know that's just that's long and short of it all right well buddy we sure appreciate you being with us and uh and good luck on the the tournaments that are coming up and we'll be kind of keeping up with what's going on and and hopefully have a a little something from jesus center stage there for for some of the guys competing and um we'll probably get you on here again for too long talk a little bit more about jesus all right i appreciate y'all thank you both of you Oh, man.